I hear a horse. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always fright. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back to The Greatest Show on Earth, Talking Terror. It's time for a brand new episode, so if this is your first time listening, welcome. If you've returned to the podcast, again, thank you. Glad to have you here. Tonight, it is the Demonic Dr. Dave's film pick of the week, and he chose Harpoon from 2019, directed by Rob Grant. So we're going to be talking about that later on in the show. But as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcoming you back to this episode, (laughs) and I'm along with the bold and the beautiful, the cool geek Keith. What up, what up, what up, what up, everybody? What is going on, Ghoul? Nah, much, my friend. What is happening with you this week? Not a hell of a lot. Uh, I will talk about it in just a second because I want to bring on that psychotic simium himself, the mad monkey fresh out the cage out of tapioca. <laughs> Hey there, Fright fans. It's your satanic Simeon here, the Mad Monkey, broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where I am joined by my lovely co-host, the Talking Terror Crew. Ah, what's up, fellas? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that he's changed his satanic Simeon. The satanic Simeon now. And that's great, because that's the one thing I wanted to bring up before we bring on the doc, who comes on in a little while, is that uh, over the weekend I bought a waterproof speaker for my shower so I could listen to music. And this is when I realized that it's so good that I'm single, because I was taking a shower earlier, listening to Ghost, and it was year zero, where they talk about hailing Satan a lot. And I was like, that's a good thing I'm not uh, with somebody, because they can come home in any second and go, is he hailing Satan in the shower again? Yeah, man. Yes. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah. Hail him. So the- Hail the morning star. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so now we know who what the king yells out when he's playing with himself in this hour. <laughs> Always. Mm-hmm. Just as I'm about to release. That's why the king always says, hail Satan, hail yourself. <laughs> I just, That's right. I just find it funny that, you know, the king wants to pretend to everybody that he showers. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I bathe. I do bath bombs. I light some candles. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, put on some Enya. You know, I relax the whole thing. I mean, even Satan, even Satan is like me. Ouch. <laughs> Very relaxing. And, but, and before we get too much into the show, I just want to take a moment to say that tonight's episode is unofficially, unofficially brought to you by Past Blue Ribbon Hard Coffee. Uh, I don't know if it's coffee, mm. mocha, or beer, but let me tell you, man, this shit is really good. <laughs> you keep talking about that. We talked about that like two weeks ago, how much you love that coffee, dude. We're not going to get sponsored by Pat. So I'm sorry. It's not happening. They don't care. They're not listening. But I appreciate the fact that you like that hard coffee. I do, too. I wonder yeah, how the I'm just... that kind of beer. <laughs> he pours it. Yeah, he pours it down the sink. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's got a, a proper, you know, preparation for it. You know him. He's like a chef. What do you think about that, Jamal? Making, making crabs, all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, 
Well, he's with us right now, so you can tell us. Doc, what do you think about hard coffee? Um, any good? I really uh, don't have much in the way of thought about it. I've never had any. It's not something I've actively pursued. I know that there are uh, some of these hard coffee uh, products out there, but it's just not something that's really on my radar. Something <clears throat> Yeah, the, the past one's pretty good. Yeah, I know that's the, the monkey mm-hmm. monkey of a four pack. That wasn't mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, nice little picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coffee and beer. Can't go wrong. Uh, burning the burning the candle at both ends. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as we always do with dogs there. <laughs> all right. So now that we're all here, and it's the Doc's episode tonight, does anybody have anything they want to talk about before Doc goes into his argument? Yeah, you know what, man? I just have to call this out right now and just just Do put it. this one out there. Yeah, just put it out um, there. Just put it out there. Listen, I know the fact of the matter is, it's going to be the doc's like least interested part of the night. So, doc, if you want to go put that's your head fine. in the sand somewhere or something, you know, I don't. You I don't need to be this, interested. So. I I have no qualms with needing to uh, put my head in the sand. I don't feel I need to be privy and excited about every moment of our show. We're going to be a aren't we? <laughs> So, no, not yet. Not yet. No Morbius yet. That actually kind of falls into horror news anyway. Um, it does. I agree. I have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, the DC television series, they finished up their infinite, uh, the crisis on infinite earths last night. I watched the final two episodes today. Um, they did it right. I have to give them a lot of credit for what they actually were able to do with an old storyline, bringing it to television, using the characters that they have on TV, and some of the little background details and Easter eggs that were in there were just jaw-droppingly insane and so cool and so fun. Monkey, I know you're going to love the one that happens at like the major finale, since I know you don't watch any of these shows anyway. You know, we <laughs> even had the hint of Gleek, bro. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That was the kind of like service that got Ooh. that got thrown in there for this, you know. So I'm fucking Wonder Twins powers ho- activate. <laughs> I'm hoping there is no Wonder Twins popping up here, but to say like they had so many cool little things just threaded in there, everything from seeing Brandon Ralph as Superman again. Oh yeah. As you know, mm-hmm. he got pulled in at some point to a face-to-face meeting of a DC television universe person and a cinematic universe person. Very fascinating to see that happen. As well as including little bits and pieces from the streaming services to tell us that all of this actually is one contiguous universe without actually having to broadcast it to the world like Marvel's doing. So, again, credit where it is due. They they do TV right. Whatever they do with DC, their TV programming is phenomenal. So, so yeah, wait, uh, if I can in here real quick. So, yeah. <laughs> so, they're, um, so the, they're, they pulled in bits from all cinemas, I mean, from all universes. So, you're saying the CW universe, the cinematic universe, the DC streaming universe, so they, and then they even went and then picked up a couple other Easter eggs here and there as well? Yeah, yeah, they uh, they really gave you everything with the story and then a ton of fan service to go along with it. You know, even bits and pieces like John Cryer playing Lex Luthor in one of the universes, oh, 
which, you know, yes, watch John Cryer, except when you take the extra little bit. No, I said, no, no, was, I said, I said, I love John Cryer. I didn't say why. Oh, I said, I love John Cryer. Um, oh, yeah, he was Lenny. He was Lex Luthor's nephew in Superman yes. 4. Yes, he was. <laughs> you know, yes, so a nice little bit of like, hey, <laughs> let's pick up this guy, throw him in there as the Lex instead of being like the little sidekick. Again, all of that kind also, of stuff was just like sprinkled in there. Uh, also, also kind of, kind of, you know, related to our genre, uh, you know, there was, you know, a bunch of movies in the eighties that for whatever reason happened to like feature a character that was like a, a horror movie obsessed person. Obviously, uh, we have chainsaw, uh, maybe the best example from summer school. Uh, but there was mm-hmm. also one of these like horror movie obsessed characters in the, in the very funny, uh, eighties comedy moving violations. And there was also, I love that one, and there's also a movie from the 80s starring John Cryer that's called Morgan Stewart's Coming Home. And in that movie, uh, he played the son of DC politicians who was a, uh, he was the main character who was also like a horror movie fanatic in that movie. I still have to see that. I don't really want to see that. I just can't find it anywhere. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been released on DVD or anything. Yeah, because I know that you talked that up numerous times to me. Mm. Like, I gotta check this fucking movie out, but I can't find it anywhere. Mm. Like that. Mm. No, but cool. Cool. That's really awesome to hear that they went so far to sit there and actually tap into the fifty-two, and you know, possibly start. You know, I thought that that's really cool that they're actually tapping kind of into the multiverse through their cinema universes. That that's really cool. Yeah, again, I mean, I know with uh, with everything going on with the DC Cinematic Universe kind of being uh, in a little bit of an upheaval, no one really knows where they're going with it, what is going to be connected, what's not. I'm glad that at least on the television end, they've got things together. And like I said, I mean, I yeah. still haven't gone back and finished the rest of Swamp Thing, but everything I've watched on the uh, the DC streaming service so far has been phenomenal. So it's it's all been very Quinn, enjoyable. maybe. Harley Quinn, very funny. <laughs> Last episode was great. Oh, my God, yeah. With Kite Man? Queen of Fables, man. Kite Man. can't believe Kite Man is in 59. Are you embarrassed? <laughs> I'm just Kite Man. <laughs> I love that fucking oh, show. Every episode. Oh, I know. You don't recognize me without the kite being out. <laughs> Killer Shark being son over Humpty Dumpty and Queen of Fables kills him in the gas. Oh my god! <laughs> so great. And that, that, that uh, show is a bloody mess of fun. It is. Alright, so uh, Doc, what do you have for us for horror news? What's on the docket for tonight? Well, there are so many things on the docket for tonight. Um, What's on the docket, so, Doc? As we know, <laughs> Uh, our very own uh, king of horror and, you know, a few other people are anxiously awaiting uh, the Candyman uh, reboot uh, film All three that is upcoming. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think there might be more. There's probably like 11 or 12 people, but uh, there's Ooh, a small group of people that are rapidly awaiting the release of this, uh, you know, what obviously will be a cinematic masterpiece. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was reading today that while... Uh, this is a, a spiritual reboot sequel uh, that takes place in the same uh, Cabrini Green projects from the original film, but it's now a, now no longer projects and it's been gentrified. Uh, the the 
character from the original uh, Helen Lyle uh, will be returning uh, in the original, mm-hmm. uh, played played by very underrated actress Virginia Madsen, and in Agreed. this uh, in this re whatever of Candyman will be played by an actress named uh, Cassie Kramer. I'm sure the King of Hearts is very excited about this news. Um, not so much excited, but kind of confused because I know that I brought it up not that long ago on the show about how Tony Todd and Virginia Madsen both said that they were going to be involved uh, in Nia DaCosta's Candyman in some capacity, way, shape, or form. And then it comes out today that you have this new actress uh, that's going to be playing Helen Lyle. She looks an awful lot like Virginia Madsen. If you see pictures of her versus Virginia Madsen, I mean, it's like a mirror image. But I don't really know why they went that route of hiring another actress when I'm sure that Virginia Madsen would have gladly come back. So I'm hoping that we get news I mean, of that. I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go mirror image, but, yeah, she is similar in looks. Pretty close. I, 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 never, I never found Virginia Madsen to be attractive, and this one's all right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I always had a thing for Virginia Madsen back in the day, only knowing that Michael Madsen's her brother and he can't watch any movies that she doesn't do to the end. I always found that out. Like, of course. No, I wouldn't want to see that either, because he's never seen Candyman. Because she does, you know, show her her tatas in that movie. But yeah, I don't know. It's, just, it's weird for me that Virginia is not going to be involved, and that it's a, another actress playing Helen Lyle. And I don't even know in what capacity, except for flashbacks. I mean, you wouldn't maybe. want to see your brother go in a trial town, bro. You know what I mean? Like, like think about that the whole sibling thing. Don't you watch porn? I mean, everything important today. I've seen is about him hang on. It's not pretty. We're banging. I'm good. <laughs> I've seen his brain. Don't need it. I'm good. You know, that was terrifying enough. Still remember that night. Ugh. Nightmares. Had to go to a therapist so for a while. Get brain or get brain? <laughs> get brain or give brain? I, I didn't hear that. Sorry. No, he was hanging brain that night. Laying on the floor mm. of his apartment. <laughs> we talked about that. Um, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, Virginia Madsen, I'm sure, could go back, I guess, and do it. But I think it's just going to be a flashbacks. Because if you steal Candyman, she's dead at the end of that movie. And she's now a, a spirit just like Candyman is. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do with it, but I'm still on the phone. She could I still think it's going to be a great. It could also simply be a, you know, like a cameo appearance as a completely different character. She could be like a doctor or something, you know, just a little bit of fan That's service. That's a good possibility too. Because it's still at the same time we don't know what what Tony Todd's going to be doing in the movie. We know he's going to be involved. There's been so many rumors about him going back and playing Candyman. Is he going to be playing another Candyman? I mean, there's so many rumors at this point that I just, I'm eager to see what they do with it. I can't wait for a he's teaser. Gonna the, movie's he's going to be the year. mortuary man, and they're going to connect the Candyman <laughs> franchise to the Final Destination franchise. <laughs> there we go. And you don't want to fuck with that big daddy. <laughs> if they really want to, if they really wow. want to go ham with it, they bring Hatchet in, and you put all three of those together as like a super franchise, that'd be fantastic. Wow. Oh, he it, comes back as like Reverend Zombie, too. <laughs> it'll be like an Avengers of B, B-rated horror villains. B-rated mm-hmm. horror villains. Yeah, it'll be the B-grade Samuel Jackson, Tony Todd, coming in as all his characters at once. Oh. <laughs> like bringing the character Tom. from The Rock. Bringing the Crow character. <laughs> They're all meeting in one movie. This is just too much Todd for one movie. <laughs> 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 so what else you got, Doc? This motherfucking movie needs more Todd in this movie. Where's Helen? Candyman, bitch. So <clears throat> the 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 ever evolving world of none other than uh, 
famous uh, literary and cinematic villain, Hannibal Lecter, continues uh, with the announcement of a yet another uh, series based on Silence of the Lambs. Uh, there's going to be a new series that specifically is titled Clarice. It's titled Clarice. Uh, and this movie, this series, I apologize, will be picking up one year after the events of Silence of the Lambs, uh, featuring a deep dive into the character of Clarice Starling, uh, her, the, the exploration of her untold personal story, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, if you are a fan of this world, keep your eyes on uh, Clarice, which will be airing sometime in possibly late 2020. And I'm glad that you brought that up, Doc, because there was a, a resurgence of fans of the Hannibal show that was on NBC a couple of years ago that starred uh, Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal that got canceled back in 2015. And a lot of fans are saying, what the fuck, dude? You canceled Hannibal back in 2015, but now we're getting Clarice? You know, this is ridiculous. We've got to bring back a fourth season of Hannibal if they're going to do Clarice. Um, Brian Fuller, who created Hannibal, said that they didn't have the rights to the character of Clarice, so they could do whatever they want. But he's kind of hoping that with this new series coming out, that more people will come out of the woodwork and say, you know what, let's get a fourth season going, Hannibal. I, you know, I was never a fan of that Hannibal series, but I can see why people would want it back. You know, if you're going to have Clarice, you know, why not have Hannibal back and bring back that character? Yeah. Now, I wanted to ask you guys about this just because, uh, King, I know you've read the books. Ghoul, I'm pretty sure you yeah. and Doc have yeah. as well. But do you think Clarice can really provide a deep dive for a series? Uh, like a one-off season, maybe. I can't see it being a series. I don't, I don't think there's enough there for her character. What was your question, Monkey? No, it's just do you think the character of Clarice has, has enough – there, and it's like as far as background story and stuff, we got to actually provide a, you know, like you well, said, a well, deep dive theory. My 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 reading of it doesn't necessarily explicitly explain that it's just going to be a, a deep character study. It's going to be more. Right. Uh, apparently, it's going to explore the seven year gap in between uh, Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal. So uh, maybe there might be nothing here really related to Lecter. He might be just like this specter that's hanging over right. uh, the occurrences. They haven't given much in the way of uh, plot details, but it's going to be getting, because remember in Sons of the Lambs, uh, Starling's just, she's just a rookie, you know, and we yeah. don't know oh, yeah. much, you know, we had, we had Lecter's analysis of what led her to the FBI um, at the time, obviously a tremendously male uh, dominated field, uh, you know, many, yeah famous shots in Silence of the Lambs, including her standing in the elevator surrounded by giant men. Um, so this might be a look at uh, what the ramifications or uh, consequences or celebrations uh, of her career happened after breaking the big case in Silence of the Lambs. So I'm curious, you know, I, I am one who is not one who has stayed with Lecter in any, I never have seen anything involving him after Silence of the Lambs or read any of the books. So uh, we well, just never Red was Dragon. something. No, well, no, Red Dragon, like the um, uh, my yeah, the, uh, the one with, uh, what the, the one with uh, Ronnie Cox. No, that was uh, Man or, or, that was the original. Yeah, I've seen that. No, we're talking about Red Dragon with uh, Ray Fiennes and Ed Norton. 
where Ray Fiennes yeah, is, is playing. No, I don't believe I, I don't believe that I saw that. Oh, okay, because oh, yeah, I thought we covered it on the show. <laughs> I might, maybe I yeah. missed that. Um, maybe I missed that episode. Yeah, because now I don't remember doing yeah. that episode either. We did. <laughs> we covered yeah. Red Dragon. Okay. Yeah, because now I'm curious, like it was with the story of Clarice and what happens with her and Red Dragon and stuff like that. I'm curious if maybe, possibly they're gonna have a thing. She wasn't of, in the Dragon. Uh, she wasn't in Red Dragon. No, Red uh, Dragon takes place before <laughs> Silence. So this yeah. is taking place oh, between Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal. So you have a seven-year period of time in which she was. This is oh, a seven-year period I was of time. Of. In which she was in the FBI taking on other cases with the success of police procedurals that are on all over the place. Yeah. I'm sure mm-hmm. that this will be a twisty, turny, mystery-based type of, you know, FBI drama in which, yes, like, like the doc said, you know, Hannibal's going to be a specter of some sort. Maybe he'll be like Which the Moriarty, you know, the guy that's that's pulling mm-hmm. the strings of some of the cases that she gets involved with and stuff. Um you know, that, yeah, that's what I was thinking too, or something like that. And that's okay. the whole reason I couldn't get behind Hannibal, the series on NBC with Mad Mickelson playing that character, is because Anthony Hopkins is Hannibal. That's my Hannibal. I just I could not get behind him as that character because Hopkins I didn't mind did him so fucking well. Yes, Hopkins made the character iconic. It made Hopkins' career as far as you know. Oh yeah, film wise. Um. But I, you know what? I really didn't have much of a problem with Mads Mikkelsen. I didn't follow or stay with the series, but I did watch the first couple right. of episodes, and I didn't hate it. You know, it was just one of those where, you know, you know me, my attention span is like, oh look, look at that over there. <laughs> look at that truth. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, <Nice>. whoa! <laughs> did you see that? No, just kidding. Yeah, that, that's my attention span. Though. That's basically how I am. When I'm on something, I'm laser focused on it until I'm not on it anymore. So, yeah, I watched the first season. I just couldn't get behind it because I just, you know, again, it's Anthony Hopkins. You know, he owns that character. It was a lot like I felt like with Freddie Highmore when he played Norman Bates in Bates Motel, except for Freddie Highmore was fucking great in that role. Like I actually bought it and I watched the entire series and was glad that I did. But I just couldn't get behind Mads as uh, Hannibal. Like, it's just it's such an important character that only, I think, Anthony Hopkins could breathe life into. Yeah, I mean, with with the whole thing with Bates, though, a lot of that story was telling us stuff that was prior in a yep. more modern yep. retelling anyway. So it, even though he's playing the Norman Bates character... That's how, like, a reboot would work with that kind of character because yes. it was long form. Um, like, if you were to try to do that as a film, it wouldn't, go, it wouldn't go right. There was no way you could squeeze that in there. But because they put in so many other little details and other family members and, you know, random pot farm going on down the road type of deal, <laughs> all kinds of weird <laughs> shit that just seems to go on during that, the course of that series. Forever. Um, yeah, it worked. You know, so I, I was happy mm-hmm. with that. I did, I still haven't seen the the ending of it though. I still have not gone oh, back to that apart. last season to watch it. It fell apart. <laughs> it really did. That last season was hard to get through. Yeah, it was rough. Norman, having Rihanna show up as Marion Crane for a couple episodes. Like, all right, all right, fine. Rihanna, like cool. SOS, please, someone save me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rihanna yeah. showed up as Marion Crane. <laughs> And it was a weird story arc. They kind of threw in there to do fan service, 
I had my ideas for the series finale. They didn't go that route. They went a whole different way. Um, but overall, the series is great. I really did appreciate it because I thought that Freddie Highmore really was a good accentuation of Norman, just like I felt like Henry Thomas was back in the day with Psycho 4 beginning. Uh, the, the TV, uh, no, not TV movie, but the movie that was on basic cable. That it was a made-for-TV movie. It was a made-for-cable movie, man. It was a made-for-showtime movie. Yeah, and it was fantastic. I mean, I, I love that movie. I can't say enough good things. Margot Kidder. I mean, not Margot Kidder. Uh, Olivia Hussey was great. Uh, Norma Bates. Like, the whole movie was great. Uh, so hot. Um, yeah. Um, so hot. But moving away so from hot, Corey. <laughs> I know. We talked about her episode every week. So um, hot. Whatever time that name comes uh, up, it's just like, oh, Excuse me. You know, mm. speaking of uh, okay, Thomas, though, uh, you know yeah. what? I don't want to spoil it for any of you guys who haven't seen it yet. Nobody else here has seen Doctor Sleep yet, right? Nope. No, I thought. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, then, King, uh, the King knows about Henry Thomas, but you know, I'm not gonna. Oh bring yeah. It up. All right, mm-hmm. you're good. I do. I know where you're going. <laughs> I like it. But, yeah, we'll save it because they haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we'll yeah. save it. Mm-hmm. We'll save it for when the movie comes All out right. or something. Maybe we'll pick it. All right. I love it. I love making my success. I did like it. Surprisingly, Mike Flanagan finally did a movie that I actually kind of dug. But I think it's because I like him as a more than I like him as a director. Jeez, um, you didn't message me about it, man. God, fuck. Yeah, right, I know. Let's go. Move on, Doc. What do you got, Doc? Let's go, let's man. Let's go, Doc. Dragon in. I apologize. I apologize. So, uh, apparently... Uh, last well, not apparently. Last week we talked about a potential uh, longer cut of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it appears that uh, Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> is exploring multiple things, including he says that he has written five twenty-two minute episodes of Bounty Law that he intends to film. Uh, <laughs> That he, in his preparations for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, watched countless episodes of shows such as Wanted, Dead or Alive, and The Rifleman, uh, which helped end something called Tales of Wells Fargo, uh, to get to get the whole feel right. Uh, but he wants to, um, you know, explore J.K. Hill a little more, and is going to film five episodes of Bounty Law, and he says it's going to take him a year and a half to do. I just watched this movie last night. Which means this is never going to happen. You did, finally. Finally, got around to it. Yeah, I I finally watched it. (laughs) What were your thoughts, Monkey? Real quick. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, It was one of those movies where it was two and a half hours long, and it flew – no, and it flew by. I I, Mm. I lost all concept of time, and when it ended, I was like, what, it's over? I was like, like, seriously, I can see now why you guys – you know, are like, yeah, I'd be fine with a four-hour cut because when it ended, yeah. I was like, what? 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 We're done? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> we can't be done. It moved so fast. That was such a good ride. Mm-hmm. Rick fucking Dalton, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about Cliff, dude. Cliff is the man. <laughs> oh, Cliff Booth. Amazing. <laughs> uh, again, but, uh, yeah, with the and it's just the way going out there, and once upon a time, you know, being being ahead of everything with with all of these noms. Yep. Let's see if uh, does Tarantino finally get his uh, his trophy, man? Does it happen? And if I he hope does, so. does he stop? Really does he stop? That's the scary part. He said part. he's got does one he more. Say... Mm-hmm. I know he's he always got one more. 
yeah, one more. After once upon a time, he says he's got one more. And then he says he's going to retire and become a podcaster, hopefully. Because yeah. I love listening yeah, to Yeah, but he, he said a podcaster, he might do things involving the theater. He said he said a lot of different ideas he's got going on. I, just, yeah, I, love I don't know have, I, can, uh, I don't think I can listen he, to a podcast of his because I, I truly, I just, I, I love him and love to read what he says, but I can't stand listening to that guy talk. Yeah, he's very, he's very neurotic with his speaking. Kind of. He's neurotic and he's got that little thing going on. Yeah, and that was one thing that threw me off, though, about watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was not once were there any Tarantino moments where, you know, you have those people just splurt out, you know, 15 pages of dialogue in two minutes. You know, Plenty there were of none of those. Uh, yeah, yeah, but no, I'm just saying there were none of those moments. You don't get any of those you know, big, long-winded monologues, but nope. when you really take the film itself and break it down, the whole movie is kind of that monologue. It really is. <laughs> yep. He took one of those yep. and just made the entire film, his entire statement. Like, you know, all of those monologues that happen in those movies is just making a point. You know, it's just to drive home this one specific point for whatever reason. Once Upon a Time yeah. was the whole point. Like, that movie was the point. Yeah. It was great. Big fan. And and my whole point of what I said earlier was that Tarantino showed me that he could direct a horror film. That that scene the Spawn Ranch, that's fucking him doing horror. Like that's him directing a horror movie. And it works so fucking well because it's so creepy and so unsettling mm. when you have, you know, Brad Pitt going to Spawn Ranch. Because you don't know what's gonna happen. You know, they're gathering outside, they're watching everything that he does. It's him saying, I could do a fucking horror movie. I could do one. Fuck you, Hollywood. I could do one. But I'm going to put it in fun time in Hollywood because that's what I do. I'm Quentin Tarantino. I do what I want. <laughs> he did say no, like that number 10, he would I love to do Death a horror film. I thought was a good horror film. Yes, he is. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah he would <laughs> love it. Funny shit. <laughs> but yeah, one fun time in Hollywood, I hope that it cleans up the Oscars. I know that Joker was uh, nominated for 11 nominations, which is huge, but I would kind of want to see Quentin get that trophy for Best Picture, because I think that will be well-deserved after such a long time being in cinema. Yeah, I agree, We shall man. see. We shall see. <laughs> I mean, I went to go see Underwater this weekend. Oh, no, this week. That was Tuesday. That. Two days. Yesterday, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, wow, look at that, man. I'm like, my, my days are really blending. You know what? It's been slow at work, so I've been home all week. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been rough, man. The, the struggle is real. Yeah, <laughs> playing a lot of Switch, dude. You know, my, my my head is like buried in Nintendo Land right now. Um, uh, underwater, it was uh, Smash Brothers, man, and uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Three. Uh, Kristen Stewart was back to her being Kristen Stewart. So pretty much, you know, blank stares. Yes, kind of. You know, she was really, you know, well, it's a shame. She was so good in the Charlie's Angels movie. Like, she was so, right. it, was a, it was like watching a completely different actress. She was hysterical. She was engaging. You were watching to watch her in that film. Um, in this one, though, it's very much, you know, a throwback to, to Deep Star Six and uh, all of what those types of films. Leviathan? The, the Leviathan? Levi- more like Leviathan and stuff like that than The Abyss. I mean, The right. Abyss is a, 
is a heady type of film that gets into character development, yes, it and it's one of my favorite films. And it's a shame because I can't I love it. get it digitally. It's not available yet. <laughs> I'm hoping that that means like they're reading it or something. Yeah, I, that's fine. It's not available for me to purchase though. You know, because I love mm. to have those movies in my oh. movie list. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this one definitely fit along in there. I you definitely got a uh, like a Sigourney Weaver esque alien vibe. Well, Alien Three, I guess, because she shaved her head for this one. Um, Oh. But yeah, you know, if you're looking for just a uh, fun little good time at the theater for you know a horror movie that's got like one or two good jumps to it, that's uh, it's it's worth it. You know, it's worth the time for it. I didn't I didn't hate the movie, which is good. Well, it's like to resent what you had just said. You had talked about going into the water. I went with my father last Saturday to go see 1917. This movie fucking won the Best Picture at the Golden Globes. You know, it's, it's been nominated for a whole bunch of awards at the Oscars. He was out for a week. How the fuck did it win Best Picture at the Golden Globes? Yeah, it did. Yep, check it. It did. My oh, no, no, no. Shit, this movie just won. I just don't get that. No, I, don't well, that I don't get how that works. Like, I get it came out, like, on Christmas. Yeah, I know. But that was released in, like, yeah. what, five movie theaters mm. across the country January for all of, like, a week. It got released. Yeah. Yeah, for wide theatrical release, but it got released, like, yeah. actual release date in limited fashion was December 25th. <laughs> yeah, and I went to go yeah. see it with him. The only good thing I could say about it was that it had a great cinematic style of filming with a one-shot that's blended together and edited to make it seem like it's one shot, but the movie is so fucking boring that my father fell asleep at one point, and he's like, did I miss anything? I was like, no, we're good. We still got, like, <laughs> fucking, like, an hour left. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, so it's not just me? I'm like, no, I'm fucking so bored. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's not a war movie um, that you would think of where there's a lot of battles. Like, Midway had a whole fucking bunch of battle sequences, and it's like, it's keeping your attention. 1917 is more about one man's journey to deliver a message to the other Which side. Which is what I thought it would be, is yeah, that I mean, no, right? wrong? Because like I know anything I saw in the trailers made me feel like this is one of those like this is you know two guys on a mission they have to yep. you know achieve the mission they might run into some obstacles along the way but like I always felt like this was going to be more Saving Private Ryan than anything like Midway or you know Pearl Harbor and shit like that yeah. I felt like it was going to all be very small little intimate things. Yeah, I mean, it had, Compared it had that, to that, that yeah. like, opening sequence, but, you know, aside from that, yeah. you know, the movie had some, some great tension and stuff like that. I, I was look, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to see it, so. Yeah, I mean, the, the trenches and stuff like that that they dug in World War One, like, you get it. Like, it's, it's close quarters. I mean, they did a great job uh, cinematography style, but it's just that the movie and the plot is just so plotting, and it just takes so long to get to the ultimate message of the movie that it's like, why is this fucking best picture at the Golden Globes? Like, my father well, was like, that movie sucks. I was like, yeah. It's as, I've, as I've complained about so many times now, especially since going to see so many movies in the theaters, it's another yeah. one of those cases in which the trailer ruins what looks to be a very tension-filled yep. scene in which yeah. the plane is coming to crash into the barn. But then yeah. in that same trailer, you see somebody on the fucking plane trying to pull the person out of the plane. So you know the plane yep, didn't fucking do. kill the people or the guy in the plane. It's like, why would you not fucking put that both in the trailer? Just put wow. the plane crashing into the barn and not ruin it yes. for everybody else. That, you know, the, the scene is not going to play out that way. And the scene of him running on the battlefield that they show in the trailers. 
that's in the movie. That's like the one main set piece. And I'm like, oh, shit, that was in the trailer. <laughs> this is the main set piece. And I saw it already in the trailer. <laughs> what else do you have to sell me on? You have a lot of dialogue throughout the whole movie. It's like a dialogue-heavy movie. And not a lot of war, not a lot of violence, just ass. Now, same for Ryan. Like, holy shit, I'd rather watch that movie again than ever watch 1917. I don't get why 1917 is getting so much attention. It's such a plotting movie. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Doc, what else you got, man? Thank you, Mark. Words, I, words that just even uh, thinking about them, reading them out loud, uh, it just sounds so weird to say uh, the next okay. uh, But <laughs> But Chris Rock. Shut up, Rocky. Chris, Chris Rock <laughs> is promising out. not just a bloody but gory experience in his upcoming Saw reboot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just such a bizarre sentence to say. Um, you know, if it was anyone else, like, no, but, like, you don't think of this being Chris Rock. Uh, but, yes, he says it will be not just bloody, it will also be gory. Uh, but he says there will be some humor. But he wants you to yes, know this will not, this will not be another scary movie. Uh, this is going to be a Saw film. Yes, gallows humor. <laughs> a lot of dark humor, gallows humor. It's got Samuel L. Jackson playing his dad. Yeah, I mean, Doc, when you said that, I read that article, and I was like, oh, shit, this is Chris Rock talking about Saw. <laughs> He's in this grisly, bloody horror film. But it's going to be funny, y'all. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have some laughs. I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm in it, you know, depending on what kind of humor. Well, I, I also find it funny that his actual quote is, but there's a sprinkling of humor here and there. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> but it's not going to be a scary movie. No, no, it's not a scary movie. It's, it's still Saw. <laughs> and, oh, it's and did I, mention Samuel Jackson's gonna be, did I mention Samuel Jackson's going to be my dad? We're both about the same age, <laughs> but Samuel Jackson's going to be my dad. <laughs> They're not the same. What are you talking about? No. He's at least a little older than Chris Rock. Maybe a little older. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but but like seriously, it's like, oh man, it's because Chris Rock wrote this, yeah. right, and then someone else is supposed to direct it, right? Dude, it's little older about. Man? No, not a little older. Dude, Samuel L. Jackson is seventy-one years old. Chris Rock is fifty-four. Chris Rock? Fifty-four. Chris Rock is fifty-four. Totally could be father. Okay. Right. I did, man, I totally. didn't realize Daniel Jackson was 71. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> that man holds up well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, yeah. It, it, I, Dan Lynn Bowsman, who directed uh, two through four, uh, is coming back to direct this Saw reboot with Chris Rock, who co-wrote the script. 70. So I'm looking forward to it, though, because it, as long as it erases that fucking taste out of my mouth of Jigsaw, I'll be happy, because Jigsaw sucks. <laughs> Still haven't watched it yet. <laughs> you know, I saw it in the theater on, and I watched it going that movie. I'll be perfectly stuff. honest with you. I still don't even think I've seen Saw 5 through fucking 7 yet, um, let alone Jigsaw. Oh. I know, again, like, I own them all. I have them all on my we, freaking movie list. And, and, and Jigsaw. I just still have not gotten around to watching any of the other ones. They started losing me with the, I think, with the, it might have been the fifth movie. Which one has Mark Wahlberg in it? Or Donnie Wahlberg. Is it Mark or is it Donnie? I can't even remember. It's Donnie. Donnie. Donnie Wahlberg's in it? Yeah, the second and third one? 
Yep, two and three. The last one I saw yeah. was the third one. Okay, that was the last one I saw. Die in the fourth one. No, oh, yeah, he's dead. He died in the third. I know. He, he dies in the third one. Okay, so yep. then I think I saw the one after that, and that was it. So I guess I'm up to five. Yeah, that's the one with Eddie from Family Matters. So you're not missing much. <laughs> yeah, they 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 kind of drift and just become the same movie after a while. That's the problem. That's why I had a problem with Jigsaw because I thought they were going to do something new, and they turned it into something that just ties into everything, and I just fucking hated it. So I'm hoping that the Chris Rock, Daniel Bowsman saw it's coming out this year. It's going to do something different. I don't care about the humor. Put some humor in there because I love Gallo's humor, but do something that's not Jigsaw, and I'll be happy. Um, but we'll see. Because I do like Chris Rock, too, and I love Samuel Jack. I just hope Chris Rock can pull off this serious performance that he's written himself into. You know, he's put himself here, you know, to try and obviously make a new place for himself. I just hope he can pull it off. I don't know if it's going to be serious. Uh, I think he's probably going to be the the comedic element that he's talking about. I don't think he's going to be like, why are all these white people dying, (laughs) y'all? You know, I don't know if it's going to be like that. But, yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to get Tobin Bell back to play John Kramer, you know, or they're going to go in a different direction and make it a completely new killer that has the same kind of uh, tactics as Tobin Bell did. Because as far as I know, Tobin Bell's not even attached <clears throat> to this reboot. Well, he's, there's no reason that he should be. If this is a reboot, like, if right. you're getting Tobin Bell back, like, you're just making another Saw movie. If this is a reboot, yeah, I, a reimagining, yeah, a spiritual sequel, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, there would be no reason for Tobin Bell to be there, even if they were still doing the Jigsaw character to some degree. Listen, movie, man, it would make it would make no sense to have Tobin Bell because then you just have a Saw movie. It's just not a reboot or a remake. But you're talking to the king here, who wants you know fucking Tony Todd in the in the candy man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to bring That's everybody back. Talking. If you're gonna make the movie, you got to bring them all back. God forbid they made something new, you know. I again, I just love fucking Tony Todd. So whenever I get to see him in a fucking movie, I'm there. So if he gets to reprise the character of fucking Candyman, hell yes. If he's playing a lesser character, great. But fucking Tony Todd. They should throw this into that that movie universe that I was putting together earlier with Final Destination and Candyman and and now Saw. Throw all four of them together. And yes, we we are talking like Avengers level horror franchise. Danny Glover shows up because he was tapped. He's too old for this shit. I mean, if you want to bring Danny Glover in, then we can also bring the Predator into these things. So, I mean, you can. Yes, you can. No, 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 no. Uh, yet another no, collaboration. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we got a salary cap here. We we can't. We can only afford B movies, shit, ghoul. We, we, oh, can't, we can't start we... going into Predator territory. <laughs> well, Predator Two was kind of B movie, man. Oh yeah. Yo, yeah. <laughs> but they spent but they spent a list money to make it. That was the problem. <laughs> I wonder if we could get Jean Claude Van Damme to finally play the Predator. You know, like he was supposed to. <laughs> <Jean-Claude>... <laughs> oh yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme. shot the fucking. Well, I mean, he but blew it. Not... It's his own fault. I could not do my splits in that costume. How am I supposed to cut so... kick him? Uh, Man, Doc, uh, but that 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 costume was fucking horrible too. <laughs> Sorry, Doc. What else you got on the docket? Uh, 
Uh, have any of you guys seen this uh, this Korean film with all the buzz called uh, Parasite? Parasite? I have not Love yet. It. That has been something I've been wanting to see. It keeps it just slips past my fingers every time. I'm like, oh, I'm going to use my movie pass and I'm going to go see Parasite today. And the only showtime is at like 10:15 p.m. in like you know New Brunswick or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that ain't happening. Uh, uh, so Parasite, I'm hoping to catch it. I haven't heard of this at all, uh, Doc. What, what is this, man? Uh, so this is some type of uh, like thriller slash horror. Uh, from Korea that um, has gotten all kinds of crazy acclaim. It's been nominated for uh, Best Picture, Best Director, amongst other things. Mm -hmm. I think it had five total nominations. Uh, I don't even know much about the plot, uh, but what I am talking about is that there's been, as the buzz about this film has grown, uh, there's already, as there usually is, uh, talk about uh, a, a United States version, like a, a remake in the U.S. Remake, uh, you know, for for the U.S. Oh. to have its own version of it. But it turns out that what's actually going to happen is that uh, there's at, at this time there's not going to be like a cinematic film re- remake. There's going to be an uh, HBO limited series. Uh, and what is that. known at this time is that um, you know, like the creator is involved in it, and that while it is undecided if it's going to be Korean or set in the USA, uh, what they're saying is that it's going to be a, a high-quality expanded version of the film. So uh, be- I don't haven't seen the film yet, so I, I don't have even much thought about this piece of news, but since there's so much buzz about this film, especially with the Academy Award nominations, which we'll get to soon, uh, I thought that was newsworthy and, and worth sharing on, on the program. So yeah, the the idea is film. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, guys, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think the synopsis basically falls on, like, there's this, uh, there's two families, um, and Mm -hmm. these people live with these other people, and basically a a third party gets introduced that seems to be a threat to the other people's ability to live with those people. So it's not a parasite as like any kind of alien or viral infection no. it's actually like a no. a human a humanistic element of like drama and and badness it's a dark comedy. oh okay like I'll, I'll tell you guys that before you go into parasite if you guys ever get to watch it it's very much a dark comedy like it's not very much in the horror realm um he did uh jong hoon joe who who directed parasite he did a movie back in 2000 called not all barking dogs bite which is on Tubi right now if you want to watch it, which is fantastic. And it's all about this one person who has a dog that's imaginary, but maybe not. Um, it's, it's just a wonderful movie. And when I saw Parasite, I was like, this movie deserves the attention it's getting because it's so much fun. It's dark. It just has a lot of comedic elements. Like Train to Busan got all the attention. Like a year or two ago, this movie deserves to get all the attention it's getting. I love Parasite. Yeah, and Train to Busan, it wasn't attention, like Academy Award attention. Like, there was some buzz about it. I mean, it should have gotten it. It's this fun movie yeah. to be checked out. But, like, I mean, it's a movie out of nowhere, like, for for a, a, a film, uh, you know, not just a foreign film, but a, a film from an Asian country to be in the running for Best Picture in the United States Academy Awards is uh, it's a pretty big deal. It's just oh, so bizarre. Agree. Because, like I said in our group thing, you know, it's just weird that we have a, you know, best foreign film, but then, yeah. you know, you yeah. can also take a foreign film and make it best picture. 
Oh, you absolutely Yeah, it's all, it's it's all convoluted, man. <laughs> it is. It really is. I but but I, I do love the fact care. that at the Golden Globes, when <laughs> the director picked up the award uh, at the Golden Globes, he said, you know, people are so afraid of watching movies with subtitles. He's like, it's only like a half-inch box that you have to pay attention to. Why can't you pay attention to that? Like, why is your attention span, you know, just – I have to watch movies that are just completely either dubbed or have, you know, American actors. Like, subtitles are not that bad. Well, no, but I think part of the problem is, and I've fallen into this problem too, sometimes, especially with a film that requires a lot of dialogue, you spend so much time reading the film that you don't actually get to visually see any of it. It's not like the words are in the middle of the screen, you know, so you're busy looking at the bottom of the screen where your subtitles are. And then you're you're missing out on the little facial cues or how a look might go or, you know, some kind of background detail or something, you know, because you're so busy reading the, the film instead. I mean, I don't mind subtitles because right. I watch them with I don't at all. But no. at the same time, too, there's times that there are movies where I'm, like, kind of annoyed and I won't watch or continue to watch the film because of it. It depends. It depends, like you said. It depends on how they present the film. I mean, I've seen plenty of films where I can agree with you where the subtitles kind of get in the way. Um, there's plenty of other films that I've watched where I enjoy it, like uh, Man Bites Dog, a movie that came out back in the 90s, which is a documentary about a serial killer, mm. where most people are like, yeah, the subtitles kind of turn me away from it. But I was like, if you just kind of ignore it and you just watch the film as a whole, it's a great experience. Um, and Doc, I, I give me a few minutes. I will give you the ability to watch Parasite by the end of the night. Ooh, look at that. Yeah. Poking Whoa. No, but I, I agree with the whole thing about the subtitles because I can go either way. It's just because, again, I watch a ton of anime. You know, we know you can go either way, monkey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you, yeah, but if you do, you better bring out that Google Glide, bitch, because you ain't going to sit there and rough ride that ass no more. That's all I'm saying. But what? Bring out that mirror, Jerome. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I can totally see this. What where ghouls come from? Where you have a movie that's very visual. You want to get into the visuals. (laughs) (laughs) But you you get but you get really distracted (laughs) by having to look down, not not at the ghoul's cock, but at the subtitles. (laughs) And and you're getting frustrated because you want to see all the visuals, not necessarily the ghoul's balls as a visual, but just the, the other visuals. No, can't can't see them unless you're uh, upside down on. Uh, it's it's, not um, it's actually it's available on the uh, movies anywhere, so you'll be able to see it To not interrupt. I wonder how long. Sure. In the spirit of of truth, I wonder how long it will take me to actually watch it. <laughs> you probably won't. <laughs> actually, though, no, I totally will. Will. No, 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 I totally will. Because this will. No, is an Oscar-worthy really possible watch, film, you're probably going to watch it within the next two weeks. No, 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 man. When, I, when there's something that I really want to watch, I always watch it, and I really want to watch that, so I'm not going to let that one go. And I, I, I do appreciate that, but not to steal too much of the Doc's thunder, but I do want to talk about Morbius uh, before we get into tonight's movie. Um, I've seen the children of the night. The monkey and the ghoul have. Uh, so I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on Morbius as a film because that trailer was two minutes and some odd seconds. I was surprised by how long it was, but it didn't really show you too much. Which I also Is Lawrence really Fishburne liked. playing him? No. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Jared Leto's playing Morpheus? Yeah. So that's Morpheus. Morpheus. 
We're talking about Morbius, or the, <laughs> the living vampire of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so well, what do you think them. about Morbius? Yeah, cool. You, you're the big Marvel nerd. What did you think of the trailer, man? You know, I'll be perfectly honest with you on this. Uh, this wing of the Marvel Universe, the wing that includes Dracula and even like Blade and stuff yeah. like that to a yeah. degree, I, uh, I nice really dunk. never held much interest in it uh, at all. Like my, my findings of Blade didn't actually come to, to pass until the, uh, the Midnight Suns comic run. Yep. In the yeah. mid-90s, in which he teamed up with, like, Ghost Rider and all of that stuff. And uh, that's how I first got Nomad. introduced to Blade. And then hey, Nomad, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and then, wow, Nomad. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Talk about, like, one of the world's worst fucking comic book characters. You that, that, no, that is the real fucking Winter Soldier right there, man. Fucking Bucky. Oh, That's the real it. Bucky right there. Stop. <laughs> well, that, that was something, man. I don't know. But, but regardless. Sorry, as you were saying, Ghoul. Uh, you know, so I, I'm not all that familiar with the character other than knowing that he is a vampire in the Marvel Universe. And that he's obviously he was part of the, the Sony deal that picked up Spider-Man and all of that. There were certain characters right. that Sony owns because of the initial deal that they made years ago in the 90s with Marvel for the, the rights to these characters. Um, so he's falling into the same universe as Venom and, you know, kind of. Spider-Man. In the same, yep. yes, yes, kind of. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah, Just because you see an image of Spider-Man in the background that says "murderer," which yes, could be referring to Quentin Beck in Far From Homes. Yes, and there was tombs in there, but I don't know how deep they're going to go with that. You know, because if when yeah. all said and done, if Marvel doesn't want, if if Sony and Marvel split ways at the end of their little union that they've just come up with is Sony going to want to continue with Tom Holland you know so either yeah. this is something that's already pre put together in which they've been working with Marvel and they know they want to tie this into the MCU or they're going to do what they did with Venom and yeah it might have like light little rumblings here and there but for the most part it's going to be it's own little standalone thing that could or may not tie back in it's still a Spider-Verse, so any of these things could be happening in any of the alternate universes that occurred in Into the Spider-Verse. I know that was an animated movie, but it can easily be turned Love into it. a live action, and yeah, boom. Yeah, I'd love so, to see that. Uh, I wish Leto was Morbius. I hope he does better with this than he does with, uh, with uh, Joker. Oh, yeah. Let's just forget about that. Uh, yeah, because... Cause... Oh, um, the doc fell yeah, going. In, go. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Just a normal night for the doc. I've heard those stories so many times, man. Doc, doc. Hey, uh, hey, that, demonic doctor Dave. I'm here. That was an audio clip, man. I, I totally oh man! <laughs> <laughs> this is the old school talking Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> the doc hasn't done that in ages. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, um, I, I, I I've only I've only seen Jared Leto in a couple of things, so it's like I don't really <laughs> have Anderson. much to, to, to uh, you know uh, great great him on. 
you know, or, you know, compare him to. So I'm curious to see what his performance is going to be like. But at the same time, we're talking about something where, again, this seems like another Sony, like, slash Marvel project where they, they're putting it out, but I'm just not really getting a, a really confident vibe off of it. You know, I'm, I'm <clears throat> yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it when it comes out, but at the same time, I'm really not, I, like, I'm really apprehensive about this project. It didn't seem bad, like I said. I mean, it, it was just Jared Leto being Jared Leto, you know, with his, uh, you know, uh, goth walk, black hair, hair, black beard, 30 seconds to Mars, Jared Leto. And, I mean, you you get that quick shot of, yeah, you get that quick shot of Morbius at the end of the trailer. I'm like, okay, cool, because they didn't show you the whole fucking thing where he's Morbius. So you get that quick shot of him as Morbius. Um, But then, again, I love seeing Michael Keaton come back as students. (laughs) I was like, fuck yeah, Michael Keaton's back. I love his character. That literally could be like an end credit stinger. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That could literally be the very beginning of the movie of, let's say, you know, Leto walking out of a prison as Toombs is walking into a prison. There's any number of things <laughs> that can, could be going on there. That could be oh, a yeah. scene that gets completely cut out of the movie that they put in that trailer oh, just God, to get God. you all fucking hot and bothered thinking that this is all going to be together. Yeah, no, true. it's true. Because they've done that before with teasers. Where they show you shit that yeah. doesn't happen in the actual movie. I would love it yeah. though. And, I mean, I just yeah. And and we've talked a lot about you know Marvel starting to go a darker path. You know, Marvel willing mm-hmm. to go down the route of slight horror. Not dark you know, enough. I don't. And no, no and it's just I, I no, and I'm saying I don't think this is going to be it, man. It's like this is going to be them doing you know another dark action movie like Venom, like Blade, but I don't think it's definitely going to be going the rated R route in any way, shape, or no, form. No, it's PG-13. And, oh, it's PG-13, PG-13 and yeah. it's Sony. It's oh. Sony, not Marvel. This is a Sony film in association with Marvel. Sony owns these characters. Same thing as Venom. Right. Sony owns the character, and therefore this is their movie. Yeah, this is why at the beginning of the trailer, it's like, from the people who brought you Spider-Man and Venom. You know, they put it all over the beginning of the trailer. But, you know, I want them to go darker, but I think also Morbius needs more ties into this Marvel Universe to ground him because I just don't think it's, you know, he, he has enough weight to carry a movie all on his own. God damn it, Doc. <laughs> you know, the... Um, I didn't do anything. I think the darker stuff <laughs> that Marvel will or will not allow is going to be stuff that we're going to see on, like, maybe Hulu and things like that. Because um, remember, they have that as an outlet. They have whatever series right. that they're going to put on Disney Plus, but I don't see any of those going too dark because those cut into the the cinematic movies. The reason why I say not enough, you know, recently they uh, they parted ways with Scott Derrickson, director of Doctor Strange, and who was going to be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, you know, and they're citing creative differences. Now I know Scott Derrickson during the first Doctor Strange really wanted to kind of take it back to that gothic horror that Doctor Strange was, but they didn't really want to go yeah. that route because it was the character's intro. Um, you know, they wanted right. to do the whole yep. origin thing. So this time around, supposedly he was going to be able to take this and go horror with it, and 
and yes, they were not allowing him to go where he wanted to with it, or they weren't confident with what his vision was as far as where they want to take the rest of the Marvel Universe. I'm not going to knock Kevin Feige and all them, because you know what? They have not led me wrong yet. They have been doing great with everything. So whatever it is that they're seeing for the future of their characters is great. I'm just hoping that we do get some of these different iterations of them. You know, I'd love to see, like, a Midnight Suns type of deal. Give us, like, you know, when you first played... Give us some horror. It doesn't even have to be R-rated. You know, we can go PG-13. We can drop all the fuckers and all, all those kind of things and just give us a bloody type of vampire film and some darker Ghost Rider stuff. Like, let's get into some of that. And that doesn't have to be with Captain America and Thor and all of that stuff. That could be existing yeah. in the universe without being a part of the universe. So, yeah. That's what I, mean, I agree, man. It. Just because I, just because everyone that I've ran into that's a fan of the Ghost Rider films, they're all adults. It's you know, no kid has ever talked to me about you know how they're a fan of the Ghost Rider movies. And you make a good oh, point because they kind of suck. <laughs> True, but at the same time, yeah, it's like like you said though. You know, they shouldn't be afraid to start making some more edgier, you know, darker grown up material for the grown up fans that are out there. Mm-hmm. Good point. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, I just got to say that the SS Stalking Terror has pulled up the dock, so we better board because no! we have booze no! talking. <laughs> We're heading out to the high seas. I have all my booze ready to go. I didn't bring any uh, food, so I hope that doesn't bother anybody. I just brought booze. Uh, but we have a movie to talk about tonight. 2019's Harpoon, directed by Rob Grant. This is the dock's pick. So as we yes. board, why don't you give us what Otherwise we're Otherwise known as cruise, cruise ship clerks. <laughs> second second week in a row I've been I've been played off the stage but not that I'm keeping track or anything but yes we have a 2019 Canadian film called Harpoon like a shield what, what is what is that like a whale oh sorry uh, Canadian <laughs> film Harpoon uh, horror Beer comedy uh, short a very short runtime uh, directed by Rob Grant and written by Rob Grant with additional writing by someone named Mike Kovac. Uh, very small cast, uh, just uh, three actors and a narrator. Uh, our actors being uh, Monroe Chambers playing Jonah, Emily Tyra playing Sasha, and Christopher Glade playing Richard, and someone named Brick Gilman playing the narrator. And we have three friends, uh, you know, with established friendship. Of relationships and romance and drama and all of this, who set out for a day of fun and adventure on the high seas, uh, and and none of them will return the same. And there we have Harpoon from 2019, uh, which we will be talking about for the balance of our program. I just gotta say though, before we get into what everybody thought about it, you said Brett Gelman as a narrator. You know who that is? Stranger Things as Murray. You know, the scientist that yeah, we're going to all the time? Brett Gelman, the narrator, who's also in The Other Guys. But he's talking about the Arnold Pommies. Like, you know, that's Brett Gelman. He's a great comedic actor. He's been in a ton of shit, including Stranger Things. As, uh, as I'm looking at him now, yes, I know him from Stranger Things. I never saw Other Guys, mm-hmm. so I don't have a, I don't have a reference to okay. that. 
so, uh, what do you think about Harpoon? Uh, who is this addressed to? Uh, this is directed to the ghoul. What do you think about Harpoon? Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, um, oh, uh, uh. It was uh, it was well, quick, which was good. You know what? It wasn't. <laughs> I was. I don't want to say I was dreading it. I really didn't know anything about the film, so it's not even like I could have dreaded it. Yeah. Um, I ended up I ended up buying it off of uh, on my Xbox, so that's how I watched it. Uh, for three dollars and fifty cents. No, that's how much it was to rent it. You know, I ended up I ended up buying it for eight. You know, it's like I could rent it for four or buy it for eight. And uh, I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad to say that it's not a terrible film. So I don't mind owning it, though the chances of me ever watching it again are slim to none. But I just can't justify renting something for half of what I can own it for. Um, True. Should just watch it on that link I sent, man. That's a legitimate site. That's okay. I just don't don't go for that, man. I don't like to rob food out of the hands of hardworking <laughs> movie makers. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, Doc. So, what do you, you think of the movie? About this movie? <laughs> Doc, this is well, your you're pick. both asking you questions. Who are you? Who 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 are you addressing? You. Well, did, was it cool? Done. That was his thought. Is that it? Move quick, and he bought it. <laughs> that all he has to say about it. <laughs> it was quick. I bought it. <laughs> and I bought it. <laughs> and there you he have it, ladies and gentlemen. He, he said to the evil of these thoughts. Listen, okay? This is a movie that doesn't even have a fucking Wikipedia page, all right? So, that goes to show you how much beloved the harpoon is. Let's be real here. I can't even look it up to be like, oh, yeah, what did I see? Like, I remember watching it. I remember watching it for an hour and 22 minutes. You know, yes, I have details that I can talk about, but I'm not going to talk about them when you ask me how did I like the movie. I think I summed it up pretty damn well how I liked it. You did. There. Loved it. Take All right. Monkey, what did you think about Harpoon? Well, I wanted to I wanted to ask the doc what he thought of it. Because how the fuck does that have a 96% Rotten Tomatoes? I don't what? fucking know, man. Nice. And Roger Sanders got a ninety six. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got a report that said Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> but but also, Doc. Doc, it was your reviews. pick. What did you think of the movie, Doc? <laughs> uh, I enjoyed Harpoon. Uh, I thought it was like a quick, <laughs> kind of fun, uh, dark. Uh, like dark, I don't know if you want to call it dark comedy, but like dark funny uh, film with shades of horror and uh, you know dark comedy mixed in. I liked the quick, snappy running time. I felt that there were a couple of lulls here and there in the middle, um, but but I enjoyed watching the experience. And there were certain, there were some sequences where I where I did laugh out loud. Okay, okay. okay. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. This movie, it's like I was, it's small cast, uh, static location. Okay, he loves small cast movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, he loves the high scenes. I was, but I, I was actually really surprised on how good the acting was from these three actors. Uh, like, you know, granted, we were talking about, a, you know, you can only do but so much, but at the same time, they actually did a really good job of keeping the conversation the conversations and the camera moving with the conversations through the static set. So at, at least, you know, you're getting some movement instead of just one camera, just sitting there 
on the group of them talking. Like, so they were really inventive with what they had, but at the same time, you know, small cast, static location. It so it was a trial. My patience, but it, you know, I I was pleasantly surprised by what I saw. I knew I could count on you. What about you, King? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I, when the doc announced it, I went and watched the trailer. I had just no feelings on the trailer. I said, "This is is this horror? Like, is this? It's like a comedy, but it's not really horror. But I'll go with it." And then I watched it, and I said, "You know what? It it has dark comedic elements to it. Um, You know, there is it's horror adjacent, like I always say, where it's not a horror film." But it's horror adjacent, um, I agree and with it that. works in some ways. But I didn't hate the movie. I wasn't like this movie sucks. I was like I was so glad that it moved quick. <laughs> Where I was like, oh, it's almost over. Great. Like you know, I can move on. Um, but it's just the fact that you have three very unlikable characters set in this one location where I just didn't care about any of them. Um, the only character I knew of was Jonah, who was in Turbo Kid. Which came out a couple of years ago, which I ended up watching. Ah, um, I still haven't finished that. But one. overall, oh yeah, it's a good movie. Um, but overall, it's like it's you're stuck with these three characters at the entire running time of the movie on this yacht, um, and and what they come up with, and it had a couple to resound what the doc had said. There's a couple of moments where I laughed, but overall, it's like it's not a movie that I hated. It's a movie that I never would have looked up myself if I was looking up a horror film to watch because I just. It's a comedy at the end of the day. And having Brett Gelman yeah. do the narration was the funniest part for me, especially when he's talking about all the fucking bad luck that they have. You definitely shouldn't do this when you get out of play. And that was the best part yeah. where I was having a good yeah. time yeah. with him talking about it mm. and breaking it up into the parts. Mm. Um, yeah. Where you have Jonah, whose parents died in a fire wreck in the vineyard. He's trying to close up their house, and he has their ashes. And then you have Richard, who is just a guy full of fucking rage, all the time, and you have his longtime partner Sasha, who's his girlfriend, but he's still wary of them cheating uh, with each other, Jonah and Sasha. Um, I just I like the fact that he just immediately beats up on Jonah. <laughs> the first time we see them together, he's beating the fuck out of Jonah, and he's what the fuck did I do, man? You know what you did. I don't even care that I spilled your parents' ashes everywhere. It's fine. Yeah, but I I don't I don't that, like that's a perfect sequence like. Uh, when he's beating the shit out of him, right? And then they pan <laughs> over and you see the ashes. Like, I started fucking cracking up. Like, I thought it was funny. I, did. You know? I, I laugh. <laughs> yep. I, I'm right there with you. I laugh at that. When you see the two urns overturned and they're just laying on the floor. And then when Richard wants to make amends and say, I'm so sorry, you know, I, I didn't realize this was my birthday that you guys wanted to take me out, let me just make amends, even Stevens, which is part one, and he takes them out in the boat, and when they're pouring out the ashes, there's like nothing left. <laughs> there's no ashes left to put into the water because they're all on the floor of the thousand. Right, but this is one of those things that I did like about the characters and the way they wrote their dialogue is they actually wrote their dialogue to where they have their own sayings amongst them, stuff that you know is unique. You don't hear it a lot neat. You know, kind of created their own vocabulary for this small cast of in the movie. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, we know how you well, love small cats. Well, that was the part of, like, the, the explanation of the different friendships at the beginning yeah. kind of sets that all up. And, yes, you can totally see, especially in the sequence when they're talking about, uh, you know, making amends, that, that this is obviously yeah. a, common, a common occurrence uh, <clears throat> that takes place where he flies off the handle – uh, then has to, you know, grovel back, and then there's some kind of retribution. Uh, this is obviously, you know, par for the course with this group, and, and it makes it funny. Like, this whole sequence to me was just, like, yeah. uh, like it's just, like, comedic to me. It's just, like, so, Again, like, but, like but, but, but played straight. It's funny, but played straight. I, I, I will see, and that's the thing, I think. You know, like, as I saw in the description for the film, that it's like a horror comedy, you know? We get this this narrator who starts things off with, like, this this exuberance. He's got all this energy. You know, I know from the synopsis where this film's going to go, so he automatically makes me think that the film's going to be presented in a certain way. So for me, I found it to be a stark contrast when things were played seriously. Like, when the urns fell over, I didn't find that funny. I was like, ah, shit, that kind of sucks, you know? The guy's fucking parents are spilled out all over the ground. You know, we saw this kid throw a temper tantrum on the way over as he's beating up his fucking car and everything like that. Now, you know, I know all of you guys are, like, real calm, cool, and collected people, but I tend to run hot. I can't tell you how many times I have oh, fucking yeah. freak out so, moments I don't like this dude that where second, man. I, I want to fucking Oh, yeah. shit in, you know? oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah, don't doubt it. Do you, you run, dude. I, you run hot. I've never seen. I don't even understand what you're talking about. I've never even seen uh, it. No, I know. I, I know you know me as the cool, calm, collected ghoul, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the time, except for the time that you exploded, you exploded a cordless phone off the back of my car and left a dent. Uh, another time when you jumped out of my moving car. <laughs> Uh, you did? Yeah. When did I do that? I mean, do you really want to get into the details? Kind of. Like, yeah. when did I jump out of a moving car? I think it might have all been in the same night. Um, do you remember when I had? <laughs> do you remember the, when I had that that white uh, that piece of shit that white Pontiac like Sunbird convertible? No. I don't remember you ever having a white car at all. When did you have a white car? You had the road trip, you had the the Toyota or the Honda or whatever it was, the Civic, the Accord. Well, the, yeah. um, I'll give you the order. Here's the, the order. Okay. Here's the order. I had the, the 79 Cutlass, the road trip, and after that, yes. for a very brief time, I had the extra long, light tan 83 Cadillac. Uh, after oh, that, I had, the, I, had, I had the Maxima that had all the dead stickers all over it. And okay, yeah, after that, back. yeah, after that, I had that really dark purple Chevy Beretta that I had for a long time. Um, yes, and okay. when that died, when, and when that car died for a very short time, I had like a white Pontiac Sunbird, uh, convertible with a black top, uh, for a very short window. And, are you uh, sure it was you... me that hopped out of it? Because I have no recollection of this vehicle in any way, shape, or form. I remember every other vehicle that you named right there. I have no recollection of this vehicle. I swear, sometimes right, I think well... you fucking mistaken me for another friend of yours, man. <laughs> no. All right, do you want the details? I'll give you the details if you want to get into the details. I know some of it might be upsetting to you to hear, but, like, we can go down this road. It's not. Uh... I just want to know what the fuck happened. <laughs> All right, so this was at he the time remember. when you found out uh, this is at the time when you found out that your mom had entered into a, a romantic relationship with someone, and you were losing okay. your mind about it. 
and you were guzzling gin like a maniac, screaming at her on the cordless phone on the driveway by, by, like, the, by like, the road, and my car was parked in front of the garage, and you turned around and wow. threw the cordless phone like a fastball pitch into the back of the car and hit the trunk and left the gin, and then you were like, then you were like, we got to get the fuck out of here. We got it. So we went to Old Silver Tavern where you drank two gin and tonics in like five seconds. And then you're like, we're going to English Town. Take me to English Town. And we're, we, I leave Old Silver Tavern and I'm driving towards English Town and we get to the light uh, just past where the police station is. And I'm like, dude, this is a bad idea, man. I'm going to turn around and we're going to go home. And you're like, you're not fucking going home. I'm like, I started to like go to like turn around and you like jumped out of the fucking car. And I had to like get out. And, I had to corral you back in there and, like, and drive you back to your house because you were losing your fucking mind. That very well may have been the only time I saw that car then. Um, I remember everything about that night except for the vehicle that you were driving. I remember you being there. I remember throwing the phone now that you tell me. I remember this night completely um, except mm-hmm. for the vehicle you were driving. So maybe this was the only time I saw that vehicle then. And that, I mean, I had, really it, I had it. I had that car for like uh, six months. Like I had it for a short time. I bought it super cheap because I needed something to get back and forth to work, and, and I didn't have mm-hmm. money to like get something else when the Beretta died. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it was just like a super cheap purchase. I got it for like fifteen hundred bucks or something, and uh, you know it had all kinds of issues with it when I bought it, but it was the it was the best option in the moment, and uh, it was just a very it was very short lived. It was very short lived. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> Learning a lot about our co-host tonight. <laughs> so, okay, Richard. Hence why the ghoul doesn't drink anymore, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's a much sober ghoul now. Um, but you now have them boarding the naughty buoy, um, the yacht the that naughty Richard buoy. has. You naughty boy. has a ton of money, and it's never been a problem. Naughty they, boy. They board it. They... Know, it's not the naughty buoy. The naughty boy. Yeah, I know it's Naughty Boy, but I say Bowie. That's how it's spelled. Um, but they they board this Baba yacht Bowie. to go out, Baba Bowie. drink, Baba and have a good time. <laughs> they give him the harpoon gun or is it a spear gun? We don't know because it's both spear ways. gun, spear gun, <laughs> spear gun. Yeah. Har- you harpoon. Throw, you gun. throw a harpoon. You throw a harpoon. You hold a harpoon in your hand mm-hmm. and you throw it. You fire a spear gun. <laughs> but it's revealed pretty quickly on this at-sea adventure that Richard is pretty upset with Sasha and Jonah, that they had an argument, that he doesn't know why they had it, and just, come on, guys, like, what was that argument about? It's pretty fucking weird. And Sasha says, it's about the present, don't worry about it. Jonah's being very fucking just, oh, man, it's cool, whatever, man. Like, it's, it's not nothing. Let's just have a good time. I caught a fish. I'm going to beat death on the side of this boat. It's cool, man. <laughs> like a fucking savage. <laughs> you, know, you know, just beat it with a fucking baseball bat. You know, no knife, no nothing, no slit in the throat. I'm just gonna sit here like a fucking caveman and just beat the shit out of this like 20 foot pound tuna that's later gonna be considered a weapon. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, and it, it's Richard who takes the advantage. It's like you fucking, you know, there's something going on, and I have to go on the attack. Stupid rich. <laughs> when things get fucking messy. With with Richard going after Jonah and Sasha going out of the fence with the, the half-drank bottle of gin to knock him the fuck out. <laughs> you know, already we're, we're on the high seas, but now we're in the middle of nowhere, and we have three <laughs> people that are incredibly unlikable in the situation. 
that was the thing about this entire you know movie is you don't really feel for anybody because they're all despicable in their own way. You know, you, like that. Like I think I just added to the whole dark humor of this movie was you're not really supposed to like any of them. You know, they're right. all faulted. You know, and and you there are no Richard's father is my boss. And the elementary school oh. teacher that was inappropriate with them, you know, all of a sudden his father went on a weekend trip and that first grade teacher disappeared. So, yeah, Richard <laughs> has connections. <laughs> and he can make people disappear if he wants to. So, it's like, what do we do now? Um, I love when Richard gets the harpoon gun and he shoots Jonah in the, the, the hand. I was like, yeah, that's okay. Because he's the fucking she shot him. Oh, it was her that shot me? I, I got those two confused. Yeah, she shot him. Oh, well, it's part of the <laughs> argument later when he tells him, you shot me, and he goes, no, she did. She had the spear gun at the time. She was threatening to shoot him, and he pushed the gun to the side, and it shot Jonah. And once that you know is shot and they knocked Richard overboard, that's when they're like, oh, we're going to – that whole exercise sequence. We're just going to exercise. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to pass that live detector test. We're going to just do some pumps, and he's going to fall overboard, and it's going to be fine. But Richard's still awake, and he's in the water going, I have the fucking keys, assholes. What are you going to do now? You can't go anywhere. Dump all the weapons overboard because I need to board, and I want to make sure there's no weapons on board that could fucking possibly kill me. So, of course, they go in line with him and let him back on board. But... The ship can't go. For some fucking reason, what? the ship can't move. That what? What do you mean it can't move? What? Like what? It's stuck in the water or it won't start? Which one are you talking about, King? <laughs> they are trapped. Nope. Because when he gets the keys, he puts it back into the ignition, not moving. They are stranded at sea. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> These man. Oh, man. Now, if only they could go and maybe swim for those supplies they just threw off, like just a second ago. Too far. But you know that you know they're, they're still there, you know, floating about in the water. If they could just go, maybe grab some supplies then. But nope, nope, because no, anything considered weapon is not allowed back on the ship. You know? Oh no! Yeah. And, <laughs> and they ha- they have no supplies. They have no fuel. They you know they have. No water tanks because again this was just supposed to be a day trip so they didn't bother right. to fill the gas tank, fill the water tank, <laughs> you know anything and you're then, supposed to do when just going out on the water. But no. <laughs> you know, they go to the sink and they fill up the little Tupperware thing of water and he's like, "That's all we got. What else do we have? We have a rotten banana. We have some candy bars. We have booze, but that's all we really have. That's it. <laughs> you know, well that's gonna be fine. Like you know, because really we only need like water." survives. I mean, that's going to be the biggest thing. And, oh, this is 90-10 chance that we're going to live, because there's going to be shipping boats passing all the time. (laughs) They're going to find us. It's like, really, the law of averages, right? Yeah, we're in the shipping lane. Someone's got to show up. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I love the narration of Brett Gelman, when you get to part two, when it's five days and no shipping boats later. (laughs) It's like, they're still fucking stranded. No shipping boats have passed. And you find out that it was they left a on a Friday. Weekend, you know? <laughs> yep. That's when Jesus was, <laughs> was killed, that he put his left foot on the boat for the first time. Redheads, definitely a curse. Having a black <laughs> backpack, that's going to kill you. 
all these stepping on board with <laughs> your <laughs> left foot instead of your right foot. <laughs> oh, and that's the fact that they had the albatross yeah. statue that they threw overboard. <laughs> yeah, not gonna want to do that because that's sailor souls. <laughs> they fuck themselves. And you uh, definitely don't want to kill I, mean, I don't know how accurate they were with everything, but I do know that some of those are definitely true. You know, so it's uh, it's funny. Oh, what, and the seagulls what humans yeah. have found as uh, superstition. You know, the lighthouse showed you you don't kill seagulls, and that's what we did too. <laughs> you don't kill a seagull. That's definitely going to no. you. Yeah, you know, well, they go in the whole sort of thing the, about the part. We learned that in the lighthouse. Well, that was one of the whole things when they, oh, yeah, when they go over the – when they run down the whole list of all of the things uh, that they were doing wrong on the boat as far as, like, seafaring uh, unwritten rules. Right, but how many times have you gone on a boat mm. and concentrated on which foot you actually entered the boat with? <laughs> yeah, I True. And I was also a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no boats going out that weekend. And it's also the right. same Friday that Jesus got sacrificed. So, nope. Yeah. These guys are funny. Yeah, and that's Friday. No, that's I, when he I, rose, I, right? Hey. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus rose. Yeah. Thank you, very Mary Magdalene. Come to Jesus. Hey. Oh, Jesus, save me. Yeah, something like that. But, yeah, it's like, excuse me. Yeah, again, the narrator, though, just, no, that's what I'm saying, is the narrator threw me off because I went into this movie going blind. I had no idea what it was because, again, we cover horror movies for the most part. I wasn't wasn't (laughs) expecting something that was so much of a comedy, so the narrator just kept throwing me off. No, like, because I I just kept, like, giving me flashbacks to Dukes of Hazzard was, oh, you know, these two boys in trouble now. (laughs) It's been five days since the chipping boat's shown up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy about this one. I still found that to be, like, I really did not find much about this film to be funny. You know, and I'm not saying I didn't like it. You know what I mean? Like, the, re- the reality is this. I mean, you want my summation of the film as far as what I really thought about it. I actually did enjoy this movie. I thought that these three characters actually did have yeah. a nice dynamic through them. Being somebody that mm-hmm. lived through, and I know the doctor knows very well, somebody that lived through a drama that thankfully did not turn into murder, but did include <laughs> me and two other parties that was very tension-filled for many years um, because of a similar situation. I appreciated all the little nuances involved with that. I could see the friendship between these characters. I could see why there was a friendship between these characters. And I could also see that even though they still they completely hated each other at this moment, they still actually did have some inkling of caring for each other because they kind of didn't have anybody else. Um, yeah. So, so all of this in this film, you know, again, like I did not find like these things to be fun. The only thing I found funny was the narrator because the rest of the movie I found to be kind of a, yeah. a stark, shitty situation for these guys. <laughs> yeah. And the narrator helped because he made it funny when he's talking about all the things that they had, you know, with bad luck wise. Um, and I liked the scene of them talking about the Edgar Allan Poe story where you have three guys strengthening oh, the Richard Parker. Richard Parker, 
know, oh, and no, they Richard found Parker, a turtle. You cannot be eating me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And they found that turtle, and they drained of its blood, and they drank it. But then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, we need more sustenance. Let's draw straws and see who's going to be the one to sacrifice themselves and ultimately the one that's going to make us survive. And, oh, man, that's, a, that's like your name, Richard, because you're Richard, too. <laughs> Goddamn Richard Parker. <laughs> oh, Richard and Parker. that seagull that they knocked down <laughs> with the golf, uh, the golf ball is what makes them cut open that thing, dip it into the Tupperware, and you have Sasha and Richard drink from it and going, it's not so bad. It's all right. And, of course, me, it's like, nah, I'm not going to drink from that. I'll rather just die. And Joan is like, yeah, I don't want it. And like, no, no, it's cool. It's cool. Just drink it. It's going to be fine. And immediately vomits from drinking that blood. I was like, yeah, that'd be me. You'd be the first one. Like, you're, nope. You're a Satanist. How can you not drink the blood? I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I only drink virgin blood, so not a seagull blood. That's a different taste. How do you know? How do you know that the seagull wasn't a virgin? <laughs> you know, you just know by looking at it. That's oh, those bloody, those bloody seagulls, those dirty, dirty little bloody seagulls. The king knows if that seagull <laughs> fucked or not, man. He's like, yeah, I, I know, I could just tell. But you also get the scene of them, uh, Richard finding the bottle of rum with all three of their names on it, and he's like, Oh, I found. King knows all about the cloaca. No, not so much. I can educate you guys on that. But, but, Put his fucking tongue um, all up in that shit, dude. He snakes it into that thing. He's like, oh, wake up. <laughs> all in it, and I shout that at the same time. So, you know. Yeah, the ghoul knows. <laughs> with the, the, the rum bottle, they're all drinking from it. It's a good second floor, it, man. It's, it's hydration. You know, we'll drink from it. It's, it's probably going to drain us even more, but we'll drink it. And then you have Richard rubbing out the name of Jonah from that bottle. Like, he knows. Oh, Richard Parker. Yeah, I'm going to kill this fucking motherfucker because he sucks. And he fucked my girlfriend on New Year's Eve when I was passed out. So that's all fun, guys, right? Yeah, when I was passed out, you guys fucked, right? At least he wasn't better than me. <laughs> Vanilla. I yeah. love that. Yeah, what were you going to say, Doc? Vanilla. <laughs> and then the fact that they make fun of Sasha with her fucking orgasm face. Well, maybe she's about to sneeze the entire time. It's like, yeah, at least they're getting, you know, they're getting along at this point. <laughs> Richard and Jonah are just having a good time making fun of uh, Sasha with her weird sneezy orgasm face. But then when you see him <laughs> about that name of Jonah, it's like, yeah, he's going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like I, again we have these odd moments where it's like you know they're, they're enemy one moment, best friends the next moment. It's like it still keeps going back and forth, back and forth. You know, even though there's things going on, we're sti- we still have those you know moments of just long, hard, true friendships that are behind everything that's going on on this ship. Well, you also have that that explanation of how Richard just cheats on Sasha. And you have the ex that he dated, that he cheated on her with, and then got pregnant, but then she disappeared. Yeah. So it's this whole thing, where did she go? Did your father and you take care of her, like kill her, because it's just it was too much for you to have an ex that was pregnant by you? And it, it, it's kind of this overhanging thing that happens 
in this, this act mm. of them getting drunk on rum mm. and just trying to deal with what their situation mm. is. So scotch. Your father. Mm. Scotch, that's right. I'm, I keep saying scotch. scotch. Right, but then, then we have this like odd moment of, you know, because, you know, it's supposed to be go running into Prince uh, Charm's arms, uh, Prince Charming's arms, but then, you know, finds out what a dark character Jonah can be. Oh, my God, yeah. It goes right into it, where it's... Well, Jonah well, was no, I mean, what, what we have is we have, you know, Jonah, who's got this infection running through his arm at this point, you know, so so we're watching yeah. it. He's slowly succumbing to, to pot. Like, that's that's where I'm thinking the film's going. I'm like, oh, great. You know, we got the story earlier with Richard Parker. You got the two guys that were, like, the, the captain and the... Or the first mate and the other guy who was like an official and a cabin boy, you know, and the cabin boy is the one who yeah. ends up drawing the short straw and he ends up dead. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, shit. So I'm like looking at it at this point going, all right, this, you got to play the Sesame Street game, you know, which of these things is not like the other. Um, <laughs> you know, it's either, it's either he, Jonah, is going to be the... Yes, you did. Don't lie. He's the, yes, he's the one that's ever going to get the short straw. Yeah. Or you go finger cuffs and Jonah and Richard survive with the only different person being the female, and she's the one that draws the short straw, and she's the one that dies. I figure at no point is Richard going to be the one that's going to die in this scenario. Oh, um, he's just too much. No. He's just too much of a dick. Dick never dies, you know. Like you watch that in shows, you see that in films all the time. The dickhead never dies. You want him to die, but he yeah. doesn't. Or at least when he finally does, it's not until like really near the end. Because you have the whole thing with his arm getting infected by the cut in his hand from the harpoon dart, and we have Sasha cutting into that arm going, we have to solve this because you're going to be in pain. And Richard's like, why don't we just fucking eat him? <laughs> like, we just, well, we got to solve this. This nurse, this nurse, okay, her entire idea is they're going to cut his arm off with a piece of broken glass. Okay, at what point is a piece of broken glass going to cut through bone? <laughs> yeah. At what point is somebody that's a nurse not going to realize <laughs> that that is just not going to work in any way? The fact that they even yeah. attempt this, you know, like the, the only reason they do it, in my opinion, is just to give us some blood in the film because there's no other yeah. Yeah. rational reason behind it. Agreed. No. And like, I thought they were going to cut his fucking arm off. Yeah, I was like, they're going to cut his fucking arm yeah. off and it's going to be wrapped up. Mm-hmm. But no, they make that cut and he's like, oh shit! He's like, well, no, we're good. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's fine. Then they're trying to yeah. get it into the cup. Richard's trying to get it into the Tupperware. Yeah, he's like, poison you know, yeah, yeah, as, you know, as Jonah's writhing about, you know, kicking and screaming, you know, he's running around with the Tupperware trying to catch what he can of the blood. You know, be like, no, 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 we can save it. We can save it. It's good. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, that's poison. He takes it dumps it out, and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, what are you, a fucking idiot? <laughs> <laughs> no. she, she treated that blood like you treat pumpkin beer, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, I'll drink it. You pour it down. <laughs> yeah. But it leads to the whole back uh, portion of the Richard Parker story, where it's like, all right, let's draw straws. <laughs> Even though you have Jonah, who's fucking visibly dying and shaking and just moaning out in pain, then we're still going to draw straws. Mm-hmm. So who's going to be the one that we draw the straw for that gets killed? <laughs> it's like, Obviously, Jonah just killed him because 
he is going to die. But no, they have to draw the straws to decide who's going to make that, you know, ultimate sacrifice. Right. I would have just, I would have just kicked his face and be done with it. Yeah. Yep. But it's, right. it's, yeah. it's Sasha that recommends that, and she draws the smallest straw. So now it's between Jonah and Richard to decide who's going to kill her. Later, Sasha. You know, again, <laughs> she can't do it on her own. So come on, lover boy. Come on, Jonah. You want to kill her? You want to drink her blood? You're going to have to fucking draw that straw. Well, now now we have the, the argument between these two, you know, over how it's going to be done, like which one of them is going to do it. Like, I love the fact that Richard is the one that asks her, but then he's like, well, no, I can't just do it. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro, if you're going to do it. But yes, like you said, we, we also find out though, that Jonah apparently is the one that did away with uh, Richard's pregnant problem. Well, the ex, yep. Oh yeah, Which that's when he was just going you know, all dark side. <laughs> well, he's a fucking psycho. Like he did this for Richard, so he's not as quite as innocent and sweet as she might have thought he was. <clears> well, <throat> not only that, no, here's here's the twisted thing. And again, this is what brings you back to the very beginning of the movie when they explain yeah. the friendship dynamics here. He didn't do that mm-hmm. for Richard. He did that so she wouldn't leave. If she found out that Richard's girlfriend had the baby and was going to be taking money from them and there was a chance that he gets back with her, she was going to take off. So his entire rationale was that he was going to go there to talk her into into doing, you know, whatever needed to be done to get rid of the kid. And because she wouldn't, by proxy, he ends up killing her, and therefore everything that he does, he did for Sasha to keep her around. Yeah, right. I, I thought that it was That's an explanation iconic. of him trying to keep the trio together. Like I did this for the trio. Like I did this. He for didn't want the trio. He just wanted his peepee in fucking <laughs> Sasha's vagina. <laughs> yeah. He wanted her to run away with him, and she was like, "No, we can't do that, dude." So that was the whole argument of the well, party. His little like, didn't we do, run away his together. Little didn't do it Richard for or your father, which is why they weren't running away. Vanilla. <laughs> yeah, Vanilla. Vanilla. Nailed it. <laughs> yes, but Vanilla's good. <laughs> I love Vanilla. Well, at, Vanilla, well, exactly. I was just about to see. We know out of this entire crew that the king is definitely the vanilla of, of the crew. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I am French vanilla all the way through. <laughs> Come on, ladies. You like vanilla, don't you? <laughs> I am not a good lover by any means. <laughs> I just love when when Sasha is just like, I guess Sasha expected more from him because you oh, know, it's yeah. one of those where – you know, the, we, we hear Richard bring up the whole prostitute thing at one point during the film. And we know from the very beginning of the movie when <laughs> Jonah mentions the prostitute that he's like, you know, where, where the announcer talks about it, you know, that, that he actually didn't even end up having sex with the prostitute. But I feel like oh, this no. might have been one yeah. of those, those games of telephone in which the story got more <laughs> yeah. grandiose as it got told. So to Sasha, all she's heard is that, you know, Jonah's some coxman that is banging prostitutes left and right, doing this, doing that. 
Well, meanwhile, you know, what she wanted, you know, like she tells him, you know, I, I'm cheating on my long-term boyfriend. The last thing I wanted was vanilla. You know, she wanted something that was going to be intense and crazy. You know, she wanted somebody to, to step no. on her head while no. doing her doggy style, you know, piss down my throat, <laughs> no, no, you know, no, shit no, on my no. ear. She wanted the hardcore. No, but, no, but she specifically said she has crazy all every fucking day. She has Rocky Road every fucking day because he's fucking batshit crazy. What she wants is it possible to step on someone's head while doing doggy style? Like, does the body uh, have to be like that? Gore's proven that. Yes, the Gore has proven this. Again? Again? Like, stepping on someone's head. Oh, maybe I didn't send it to that group chat. I might have sent it to the other one. Yeah, you definitely said it, though. We saw it. But yeah, yeah, that's what. But that fair. was what. That was why she cheated is because she actually wanted a night of vanilla, so she actually be comforted as opposed to batshit crazy, which she gets all the time. Right. Uh, I guess that, that's a good point. I didn't hear it that way. I heard it as she didn't want vanilla, you know, and ended up getting something that she didn't expect, which sucked. She did. She well, didn't want vanilla soft serve. She. <laughs> <laughs> But you have Jonah drawing the shortest straw, which means he has to be the one to kill Sasha. So you have this moment between Richard, Sasha, and Jonah where it's like, all right, well, now you know what you have to do. Fucking do it, Romeo. Do it. Fucking kill her because you drove the shortest straw. No, he ends up killing Richard instead by driving the broken <laughs> bottle into his throat, and which is a great horror moment in this movie of oh, his yeah. throat being eviscerated. And Sasha watching in horror as Jonah does this. Like, oh, shit, you did it. Like, we're fucked because you know who his father is, but you still killed him. Oh, yeah, and he and he took his time with this, too, man. I was really enjoying the effects of this. Of yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, you had, the, you had the death rattle, you know, in the entire time mm-hmm. while, you know, t- taking it nice and slow, and you're just getting nice gush all over the place. You know, no, not enough squirt for my my taste. No, you yeah. have the carotid artery. Yeah. That carotid artery right there. You sever that area, man. That is going to be his, spurting. His face is covered. Spurting. Spurting. <laughs> but like chisel. Either way, you have Jonah killing uh, Richard finally with Sasha looking on in horror, and he's like, "Hey, so by the way, um, I'm just going to tell you that there's cookies." That I hid. You weren't here for that, but I hid a bunch of cookies. And also, hey, look at this. What is this? It's a fuse. Yeah, I'm just going to put this fuse back in and start to bolt back up because you weren't here for that, but I totally did. I totally stole the fuse because I need to be with you, baby. We need to be together on this. Like, I finally killed him. We could be together forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. Yeah, when they did this reveal, man, it totally threw me for a loop. I wasn't expecting this, and yeah, it just g- gave me uh, like, gave me flashbacks to um that N- Nicole Kidman movie, Dead Calm, and just oh, yeah. all the weird shit that happened. I yeah. love that movie. Great <laughs> deal, man. Yeah, so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Dead just Calm you know, crazy. C- c- yeah, but crazy on board the high seas and stuff like that. I was like, man. And, like, I was just really impressed that they went this direction with the story. And I was just like, oh, nice job. I did not see that coming at all. Good job, guys. (laughs) 
and him just eating those cookies and being like, it's all good, man. Like, you know, have a couple. You know, we're going to be fine. I'm going to put the fees back in, <laughs> and we're going to get back to where we need to get to because it's just you and me, babe, right? And she's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, totally. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when she goes out into the deck and he's standing there going, yeah, we made it, babe. We made it. Richard's dead. It's totally going to be us. And she's like, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to punch your ass right into the ocean and get chopped up by the motorboard of this yacht. Always. But fun. that's where the brilliance of this movie kicks in because she has no idea how to move this boat. <laughs> She's never been taught by Richard. She doesn't know how to move this boat in any shape, way, or form of how to get back to land, and she's confused. So I guess I'll just, you know, move it forward. Like that, that's how you move a boat, right? I'll just press this lever, and I'm going to get back to land. No, she gets knocked overboard. As soon as she pushes that thing over. <laughs> Flies right off the fucking boat, has no idea what to do. You know, no, no easing on the throttle, just straight up all the way throttle. But, yeah, again, we just go straight into the dark humor, and it throws me off, though, because we have the dark humor of her falling off the boat, you know, the narrator talking about, you know, once again, breadheads are bad luck, you know, ha, 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 you know. But at the same time, I was confused about the the part of the narration because she's fucked. Everyone's dead then, you know. Mm-hmm. So, who's the, so, so who's fucking telling the story? Who, who knows if this story happened? It's a narration uh, story. <laughs> yeah, Brett Gelman. He knows it. Because he's it's another story of the sea. But I just love that shot of her falling off over the board, and she's sitting in the water watching that yacht just fucking zoom away. She's like, "Fuck!" Yep, you're yeah, yeah you're done. That's it. <laughs> you're gonna die in the water. That's the fate that you deserve. And again, the fate now it becomes every an character open water movie, movie. it deserves. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the sharks are going to get her. Well, what was it? Open but Water 2, I think, was the one that uh, had them where they were like, it was like a group of people, like six people yeah, or something. They were all too. hanging out together, a bunch of friends, and they, they go swimming off the boat yep. with the baby on the boat and they forgot to like put yes. the ladder down or whatever and it was like holy shit these people can't get back in the boat like and, and I know like these are always ones that are like oh based somewhat on a true story and it's like yeah basically by based on a true story you mean somebody got like out of their boat and drowned one day and then nobody ever found about it. <laughs> it's about as, as close to the truth as the story gets but it was actually the best of the three freaking movies like that's one of those few series that I felt like each installment of it actually got better than the first one. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed it was better than three, the first. I think, yeah. to a degree, too. Yeah. I've seen all of them. All, uh, yeah, but, yeah, part two is my favorite. Because, like, you talked about the yacht, where they forgot to put the ladder down. They're like, oh, shit, we're stuck. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yeah, the kid on the boat, man, like, you know, they had that. Oh, like, yeah. Like, the baby crying the entire out. time? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, but, yeah, that's Harpoon. In 2019, directed by Rob Grant. Um, <laughs> yes, it, it was. Again, me, from my perspective, I didn't hate the movie, but I was like, eh, this is not a movie that I would have picked, you know, to watch. You know, if I had picked up my two years or whatever. Well, that's why you're not me, buddy. That's right. I was gonna well, say, you know man, what? Are you high and mighty? Well, because you know what? Me I want to make me. for next week. 
<laughs> what are because, you thinking? Yeah. I'd like to know, <laughs> King. And this is something that I talked about the goal earlier. And Ooh. you know what? We've been marked for termination. So Ooh. we're going to go back what? to 1984 and talk about James Cameron's Terminator. What? What? That's right. Uh, hell yeah. OG Terminator. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, the original shit. Terminator from 1984. <laughs> we've never talked about it on the show. I've been waiting to pick this one. So, yeah, next week we've been Marvel Terminator. Who's in that movie? And- Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton. I know, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, I I can't wait to talk about the Terminator with you guys next week. But yeah, that's our pick. We're talking about the OG Terminator. Which is a horror movie. movie. Uh, I thought it was just called The Terminator. Not Rise of the the Machines. You keep saying The OG Terminator. I thought it was just called The Terminator. No, he's it's talking about a movie called the OG Terminator. Okay, it's Black Terminator. OG Terminator. So he walks in and he's so like, we're gonna... no, "Fuck you, asshole." <laughs> so next week, my, let's my, take my, fucking down Skynet. Let's my destroy Skynet and talk about <laughs> the Terminator from 1984. I'm hoping that you guys are excited to talk about it. Dead air. That's that it. So, let's <laughs> fucking talk about C-800, <laughs> Linda Hamilton, and Michael Bean as Kyle Leach. We're going to go to Technoir, and we're going to fucking take down the Terminator. <laughs> Sweet. Fucking Sky, Linda man. Hamilton's hair. We're going to talk about the day. <laughs> dun, dun, you dun, 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 fail. Dun, 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 dun. Did I go to sleep? You know, we'll be back I next week. I go to sleep to this movie on a regular basis, so like, I'm set. I can do a, I can do the episode like in two hours from now. Once twelve rolls, you know, we just keep going. We'll just do the next episode. All right. So thank you so much, Doc, for joining us tonight, and I look forward to having you back next week for Terminator. Yeah, man. We're gonna talk about. Wait, is it the Terminator or the OG Terminator? OG Terminator. The OG Terminator. The OG Terminator. Okay, got it. It's on YouTube and Tubi. You can't find a copy. I will send you a link, but it's on Tubi and YouTube for free. (laughs) Also on also 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 currently on on Pluto TV for free as well. Depending on the production company, it may actually be in our movie list, Dave. (laughs) So we will not have a problem watching it next week. I am excited. All right, I'm really excited for us to be talking about Dolomite next week. All right, this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Dolomite is the name. I still have to, still have to watch that, man. So glad I got so many things to catch up to. <laughs> All right, uh, tonight's episode was unofficially brought to you by uh, the letters P, V, and R, um, specifically hard coffee. Um, no, it wasn't. And the, and, yeah, and, and the number six for how for and the number six for how many I had. <laughs> um, and yeah, I had a great time tonight. Uh, thanks for listening and letting me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <laughs> and I have to I have to apologize, Doc. Uh, unfortunately, I guess whatever production company made the original Terminator and T two, they are not the same company that made T three. And Salvation, because those are the only two movies that are available on the uh, 
the movies anyway. I got them. So. Oh no, it's fine, man. I can I can access the Terminator, dude. I can totally access the Terminator. I don't need I don't need the. He's got that on Terminator is available man. on Tubi. All right. All right. So, you good, then, you. Then? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good on the Terminator. Well, then, you know what? Then, you know what? If you don't want to be terminated by your significant other, you need to go to Bonfire Beat Designs on Etsy. Um, Hell yeah. You know, the, the, I got in trouble last week for uh, for not for not plugging, you know, due, due to the laziness and just due to – Speaking of commercials to, like the, the Jewelers doing right now, did you see that commercial that the Terminator is in? Ah yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. and you know what he does? He has the car. Woo! Commercial. Um, <laughs> so on that anyway, though, like I said, go to Bonfire Bean Designs on Etsy. She's got all kinds of things that she's made on there. She actually made a really nice necklace today that that hopefully will be up soon. And uh, and yeah, that's it. www.etsy.com. Bonfire Bean Designs, all one word. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for that plug. Don't mess uh, with the Shermanators. So one minute with the. <laughs> so. Before we get terminated for the end of the show, one hit us with that classic phrase that you always have. Goodbye. No, stay scared, everybody. <laughs> and so next we meet, watch horror movies, skip America strong. We've been marked for termination. Hopefully we make it till next week. See you yeah, next donate week. money and help Australia. Them fuckers need it down there. <laughs> <laughs>